Welcome back to the Koi Koi Cast. We are back after a three-month hiatus. Long time. Um, about life as long busy. Been... Quarantine hit. Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now, so things have just been a little wild. But we're back now. We're doing anime deaths today as our episode topic, and we're gonna try to get to a weekly format. So be sure to follow us or subscribe, or you know, stick with us wherever you're listening. So uh, let's let's get into it. What have you guys before we get into the topic? What have you guys been doing since uh, since like the pandemic happened? Since our last episode, what have you guys been up to? Uh, more video games, I like to admit, and less anime than I want. <laughs> As in, we've been getting a bunch of game delays lately, which is like the media I consume the most of. We heard about new Paper Mario, so we've been playing old Paper Marios. Yeah, playing Dauntless, playing Payday. Um. Oh yeah. Sorry, I'm here with Tyler and Colin. If that was (laughs) hi, we didn't change. We've been sealed away. (laughs) I am bearded now, though, so that is that's a new development. And I'm shaven for the first time ever. We're all rocking longish hair. (laughs) I got cut right before this, but uh, in terms of shows that I've consumed lately, I aside from keeping up with Kaguya and Fruits Basket the new seasons i have been i watched all of given that's the that's the number one that i consumed all of in like two or three days that was a good time yeah um so i have been watching tower of god uh that's still coming out uh connor's been trying to host uh discord watchings or We've been watching. We know we've been watching on Zoom. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, FaceTime. (laughs) Colin missed the last two watch parties because I'm a bad friend. Let's be honest. That's what it is. Did you Uh, just not tell him? I told him. Well, I didn't tell him. I tried to call him. Like it's spur of the moment. I get a call at like 1 p.m. on a Saturday, and it's like, hey, let's watch it now. I'm like, uh, okay, let me call Colin. (laughs) And Colin wakes up at about 1:30 on Saturdays, so he's missed the last two watch parties. But That's we got fine. his girlfriend in the last one, so we're good. Um. Anyways, so I've been watching that. Um. I finished Parasite. I had not watched it before. Um. I have some thoughts on that, but we'll talk that on on a later podcast. Uh, oh, yeah. You want to save that? <laughs> yeah. Bro, you can I, have, it now. Oh, I don't I know if we're not. gonna do a Parasite episode anytime soon, so you might want to do it while it's fresh. Well, no, yeah. maybe some extra. Oh, oh, really? You want me to get into it get right into, now? Well, let, let me talk about what I've been doing non-anima. No, 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 no. Actually, so we're talking about deaths. There's deaths in Parasite, so we'll talk to it about it when we get to Parasite. You'll, you'll get passionate. <laughs> How will we open up with that? <laughs> uh, anyways, other than that, um, I'm trying to start watching JoJo again, and then I've been playing Valorant. Valorant's been, uh good and bad it's hard it's hard to be good at valorant i haven't played any sort of csgo or first person shooters on on the computer before so but it's a learning it's curve like, for sure it's basically yeah. csgo yeah like headshots are a lot if you're good at aiming you go far 
Oh, you're okay. also encouraged to sit there and take bullets if you're getting shot, right? And just fight yeah, back. Yeah, you, you pretty much can't run if you're getting shot. Unless you're already, like, halfway behind cover. You have to just go and shoot back. Because I pretty much just play PvE. Like I mentioned, I was we've been playing Payday lately. And then Dauntless. I'm just used to trying to be as mobile as possible. So that's so wild to me. <laughs> yep. But other than that, it's not just shooting. It's, uh, you know, every character has abilities. So, you know, the one I play, Sage, is a healer. And she has a wall. So you can just completely wall off uh, a section. It can be broken through. But, you know, you have to work with your teammates. And, yeah. of course, playing competitive, you get some real toxic people. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to Valorant terms is hilarious. So, like, we're in a pandemic. So we'll just sit in, like, Discord chat and hang out while we're, you know, doing other stuff. It's like, oh yeah, drop wall, like going mid, dropping or going heaven, like whole teams at heaven, and I'm just like, what is happening? Right <laughs> go to now? garage, go to garage. <laughs> like, yo, this is garage, you huh? Um, TP, TP. Cool. All right, yeah, I've been playing Dauntless. I've been playing some Call of Duty. Uh, I've been working a lot. I built a PC, which was really exciting, um, and I've loved that. Um, yeah, that's about all. I've been watching a ton of anime. I'll get into that in just a second, but. Uh, that's my non-anime stuff. Is yeah. Oh, I've worked on my Japanese a little bit too, but I still suck. So that's the same. It's a long process, dude. Yeah. Um. Uh. So yeah, I'll run through what I watched real quick since the last time we did one. Just because, as Tyler knows, my eyes were open to the world of like slice of life and rom com and comedy. So I, oh shit, I went full send. You get so much anime if you enjoy that. I went full sense. So I watched Anahana. I watched Pet Girls, Sakura So. I watched Masamune Kun's Revenge. I watched A Silent Voice, and that movie fucked me up. <laughs> I did not cry, but holy shit, that movie fucked me up. That's uh, a good movie. In contrast to that, I did watch The Pet Girl of Sakura So. I like teared up, and it was not that emotional. So, like, you know, I told you what scene, right, Tyler? Uh, I don't think you did. Oh, no, no, yeah, you did. Yeah, the graduation scene. I don't even, like, I didn't even like high school that much. But for some reason, that scene, like, I was just like, oh, this is so sad. You, like, before you'd gotten into it, uh, another one of our friends said that he was crying near the end. And I've seen it, and I was like, I don't even recall what part you're talking about. But then Connor was the proof on his first viewing. I I don't know what happened. It was, like, 4 (laughs) a.m. on some random weeknight, so... My mental state could have had something to do with it. Who knows? But yeah, so I watched that. I watched Origairu, loved it. Excited for the third season. Watched Bunny Girl Senpai, loved that. Uh, and then from the last season, I finished Darwin's Game. I finished Haikyuu. I finished Ace of the Diamond. And I finished Inspector, even though that was kind of a grind. I didn't love that a ton. You're watching it to watch it? Yeah. And then this season, I'm watching Kaguya. I'm watching Gleepnir, which is and I really want Colin to watch it with me and I'll get I will, on board for by sure. the next episode so that we can talk about it because the most recent ones have been real entertaining and then I'm watching Tower of God and it's good Tower of God's great, I love it Kaguya is also great, I love it for different reasons I, Kaguya is just so great I, I, I don't regret after the first season that reading it <laughs> it was one of those for me and then Gleepnir is like my fucked up takeaway from the two lighthearted kind of things I'm watching. I guess Tower of God's not that lighthearted, but the way it's styled is it's it's pretty light. It's pretty it's like shown in you, right? It feels light. So 
yeah. Other than that, uh, anime news. You guys have anything to announce anime nope. wise? Anything coming out? Anything canceled? I mean, mo- many things got delayed. Yeah. Uh, we're waiting. After Connor saw it, I also started watching Oregairu, and we're waiting on that season, that third season that was gonna be out, but now isn't. It's coming and this it's summer. Tragic. It's coming summer now. Mm-hmm. July, I believe it's supposed to air. Oh, that's pretty close. So we'll, that'll be part of our 2020 preview. Summer 2020 preview. It was just that anime ended at such a a good point to want more. And I don't, I don't actually know how long ago the second season aired. But I'm glad I watched it now rather than back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh. that... Yeah, we'll we'll do an episode on that eventually because I want to talk about like the the way they changed animations and stuff. It was it was all pretty interesting. Um, other than that, Avatar is on Netflix now, so obviously yep. if you haven't seen that or if you have, go watch that. Haikyuu's second part of the fourth season was delayed just recently. It was announced a couple days ago, so I don't think they've announced when it's going to be coming out yet. I'm devastated. I was really looking forward to the next part of that. Um, Fire Force is season two trailer just came out and it looks really good. Uh, the RE Zero movie came out. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. And yeah, that's about all I got for news. Uh, if you guys don't have anything else, we can uh, start into our episode topic for the week, which is going to be anime deaths. Let's do it. All right. So we're gonna start with some some series talk about some series and how they do death and kind of what what sucks and what doesn't suck about these series okay um i'm gonna mention the big boy dragon ball how do you guys like it (laughs) dragon ball or dragon ball z that's see i was gonna trick you so that's a good response (laughs) I, i think at the beginning okay so in dragon ball z whether you want a spoiler warning for this or not Death doesn't really matter in Dragon Ball Z. We've already established that Dragon Balls are a thing. Everyone knows that. You can wish people back to life. And they even have access to two later. Like two sets. Uh, But I think at the beginning of Dragon Ball, Death was actually pretty impactful. Because it was a really happy, fun adventure. Mystical Boy's journey through the world with his friends. And then he walks, he forgets his suitcase or something and finds his best friend's neck broken and dead <laughs> that's kind of intense <laughs> i don't even remember that yeah it was the first world art martial arts tournament and like krillin forgot something at the place and tambourine killed him <laughs> who's a uh, demon king piccolo's first child i guess i remember the uh like the character that was like supposed to be native american like the, the really big buff character oh, who had a yeah. kid i just remember him dying and then leaving like the kid there and i was just like uh what this is dark that was was like the sec i think that was like the second time they needed to find the dragon balls that was when mercenary tau showed up yeah um but like piccolo returning he killed that was the first time chaozu and krillin died and that was the first time i think the only time that master roshi got killed and we didn't know the dragon balls were capable of reviving people necessarily at that point so it was just like, oh my god, we just spent so many times with specifically Krillin and Master Roshi. They're gone now. What? 
I would say even though the Dragon Balls are a th- were a thing, um, Chaozu's self destruction death was pretty pretty sad. Oh, that's fair. Giving himself up for Tien. That, that, Tien's death is sad too because then he gave his absolute like he followed up by giving his all and dying for it, and both of the things still did nothing. And despite all these sad deaths, we can still say that DBZ basically has no stakes. Yeah. Regardless of how they said it. There's a lot to say about DBZ. It's just sort of a a spectacle at this point. You're just like (laughs) watching for the fights and such. We just got to start with the most obvious and bottom of the barrel that we can work up from here, you know? (laughs) Well, in contrast to that, how about something that does death, in my opinion, very well? Uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. So the OG series. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. If you haven't watched this, you need to watch this if you like anime. It's my number one anime. Yeah. So it I is, highly recommend it. It easily sits in all of our top fives. I don't think that's an outlandish statement. Not at all. So, yeah. Awesome animation. It's from Studio Bones. They're legends. So if you haven't, obviously watch it. But. Um, yeah, we'll get into the ones that really hit from that series, but just the way they set it up early on, just like, yep, death is a thing, and when you die, you basically can't come back. And the whole series they do, this, you know, it's like, oh, we really want to bring back our mom, and, you know, traveling. So they set the whole scene that way with the death, and kind of the origin story. So, I mean, they obviously, one series that really works with the finality of death and uses it to move the story along, so I, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, that's that's sort of like why I think they do death so well is that this the story is sort of centered around death and that death is sort of like a main theme that they work with. So if it wasn't impactful, then I don't think the show would be impactful at all. Yeah, they literally the Elric brothers would literally not have a journey, like a reason to travel if they came to term with terms with their mother's death when they were kids, but they didn't. And all hell broke loose, and we gotta go along with the ride. Mm-hmm. And well, not only that, go ahead, go ahead. not only that, but also that. Big spoilers. At the end, you learn that the philosopher's stone. In order to get it, you have to kill a ton of people to do it. That's like, even if you do get this thing to bring a life back, you have to kill so many more people in order to get it. Yeah, it's just not worth it, whatsoever. And you get the contrast of that where, you know, the homunculi are used to show what happens when you do defy this law of the world, right? It's like, all right, so we did it, made it happen, and then basically chaos breaks loose in these these characters that are hard to control and evil in most senses of the word. So it's it's awesome. I mean, <laughs> what else is there to say? It's just a freaking awesome series. All right, let's jump into uh, the specific deaths. Okay. So some ones that hit. So spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear who's dead in these series, just turn it off now, but you're with us, so let's get into it. All right, I'm starting with Nina. 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 FMA. Nina. If you're still watching you don't know, or if you don't remember, Nina is the, uh, what's, Tucker? Yeah. Yeah. His daughter? Charles Tucker's daughter that he, uh, he was researching chimeras. Yeah, and he put uh, her and her dog together in this horrible amalgamation that needs to be put down. (laughs) 
that is also just well known by the internet. It's everywhere. <laughs> Anytime it's- you see a meme about combining humans and animals, it's always this fucking Nina Camara, and it's devastating. <laughs> it, it, when you start playing the new Animal Crossing, you're bound to come by a dog girl meme. <laughs> Let's talk a little more about that episode and the way they do it, because it is heart-wrenching. They set you in to this, like, it's been a while since I've rewatched it, but I remember pretty well as far as you get into this episode, you meet Shao Tucker, the state alchemist, and this is like episode four of the series. Mm -hmm. And he's got this sweet little daughter, and he invites them to his house, right? They have dinner there. Yeah. And they like spend all this time with this really nice seeming family and they don't really do a lot of those like little indications where he's dark. Like they give you a little bit, but it's not it's not super they, obvious, right? They they basically just hint that he needs a breakthrough in his research. Right. He's like, "Oh, like I I'm I'm kind of in trouble here. I haven't really done much right. and I need to provide for my family." And then and that's the wife ran away. Yeah, and in yeah. these first episodes, they've set you up with, like, a lot of really cool characters as far as, like, the military people and stuff. So it's like, oh, this guy seems, like, decent. Like, maybe he'll be a, a fixture in the series or something. And then they just drop it on you. <laughs> and it was a terrible it's, moment. Like, literally, the Elric brothers just come and visit the next day. And they're trying to research, do some research of their own, since so why they're going to his house in the first place. And it's like, it's raining. The tone is ominous. Y- you you see his creation it's hard <laughs> yeah and then she's like calling out to them and mm-hmm. the horrid voice oh but though i think the great part of it is that it was such a world building part of the show it didn't have a a major impact on the larger scale of the plot it was just something that really resonated with the characters and showed you like oh this another uh reaffirming that playing with life is not what you should be doing with right. alchemy like they're they're ta- they're they carry that depth of them the whole series even in the last episode it's just like i'm just a normal human who couldn't even save a little girl just damn all right so yeah crushing and how do you guys feel about so that episode ends and then obviously is it the, i think it's that same episode scar shows up right I think so. So and yeah, he's the one who takes them both out. Yeah, he's so like you guys were good with that, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Okay, so an act of mercy from from our favorite character Scar, <laughs> our favorite serial killer. All right, so off that, let's go seven seven episodes later. I believe you get another devastating, crushing death. Was Isn't it that, that little? I think it's pretty <laughs> quick. It might be a yeah, little later. It's very early. You can it's definitely on. early on. But it happens early, and it is devastating. So you both know I'm talking about Lieutenant Brigadier General by the time he's dead. Maze Hughes. Yeah, he yeah. Gets promoted like death. That. Yeah, so Maze Hughes, best friend to Roy Mustang, uh, guiding light for the Elric brothers through this first season of the anime, I think. The yeah, most prevalent fixture. The most prevalent military figure that was mm-hmm. on their side. Yeah. For at this sure. point, that's far. Um, invited them over to have dinner with their, uh, his family and such. Uh, housed Woodry, all those things. Yeah. So salt of the earth human, um, kind of had the death flags leading into it. But obviously, the first time you're watching it, you don't expect that. Um, and the way it happens. So, you guys want to talk a little? So, how does how? What's the cause? Why does why does he have to be killed? What 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 story mechanism forces that on him? <laughs> 
he basically finds out he basically just by his own intelligence and like was like he basically figured out um the motivation behind the villains or who the villains were he basically figured out that he basically figured out who to trust and who not to trust really early on and no one figured out else figured that out until like halfway through the series Mm -hmm. and he gets killed for that knowledge so this is a 60 episode series right 64 64 episodes so yeah it's it's a long haul for all the plot lines so he he that was bad so let's talk about the scene then so it's like a good four or five six minute like sequence right where he between the time where he gets found by the homunculi and it's eventually you know dealt the file final nail in that phone booth yeah so he is in the military branch library studying and like trying to he comes to this realization and then how did they find him i can't remember he uh he was about to use a military phone to contact i think roy um and let him know but then he realized i can't really trust anyone i need to go to a a public phone right and i think envy was just somebody in the military base or like the receptionist or someone and just followed him out by the time he got to the phone booth but how did they find out that he knew the truth? Because he was injured. Like, when he makes the call to Roy, he's injured. I remember that. So they had already found him, like, in the in the library somehow. So he had been... I don't remember how the information gets out from him. Maybe they just were keeping an eye on him getting so close. Yeah. It had something to do with the Elrics. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. It's devastating. <laughs> it hurts mm-hmm. a lot. They do make it... Uh... They do make it pretty suspenseful. Uh, they don't draw it out too long where you know something's going to happen soon. But they do make it like, oh, shit, I hope I hope they don't kill him. And then it happens. And you're like, no. And he, it's, it's super sad when it happens. They kill him in the worst possible way uh, for him. Because this character, uh, more than anything else, would always gush about his loving wife and child who he just super cared for. He was, he was one of those guys. Always talking about Bay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was tough. And then the, the funeral scene after that, immediately after, right, is also just crushing. So you have Roy, this really stoic character, and he says, you know, it's a terrible day for rain, or something like that. And he's crying, obviously. And you see the, the Fuhrer crying, and that's, you know, that leads into all this other stuff later where it's, super fun to listen to and kind of see why he was doing that and all those motivations. So yeah, just an awesome, awesomely handled death. Obviously it was crushing and we don't want to see it, but the way they did it was super good. And the way he died too, um, he basically looked into his most loved one's eyes and then was taken out. That's just messed up. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And he became his wife and shot him. He was going to retaliate, and then he didn't, because he couldn't. Well, but, that was, yeah. So sad. <laughs> that was a tough one. Why do we do this topic? This is awful. I don't want to do this. <laughs> okay, let's, let's do a bad one. Let's, let's well, go to... Uh... Wait, wait, wait. We're just gushing about the death in general. We didn't say, like, if it, if it like moved certain characters, or if it was... Oh, that's what I was going to say. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. The, the brothers don't even find out. That's the hardest part, is they don't find out for a good, like five or six episodes they're yeah, like for, the for them it's like weeks later yeah um 
it really just motivates Roy Mustang for the most part immediately. <laughs> Put, it gives like some hand. little story hints as far as like, oh, why did he get killed? Like, and it moves along that way. Is like, oh, the Elrics figured this out because of what Maze did. Yeah, the Hughes's death caused the other characters who needed to ask the questions start asking questions. Yeah, so. he was like a gear. So yeah, it was definitely a story moving death. Not not so much like Nina's where it was personally impactful, but it actually impacted the plot line in some fairly significant ways. So a a good a good death. I would if I was ranking them in you know <laughs> <laughs> efficacy, I'd be like, yeah, Hughes was here, Nina's was like here. Yeah. Hughes, yeah. eight out of ten death. Yeah. Nina four. Exactly. It's like, oh my heart was broken, but what did it really do? Um, okay, yeah, let's get into something satisfying then. A death that doesn't hurt me so bad. Which got what, what, Yeah, what did I interrupt your segue for? Uh, <laughs> I was going to say either uh, One Piece or Parasite. What do you I guys parasite. think? I parasite. think you need to get Parasite. Yeah, you need to get that <laughs> off your chest. Did we think about the okay. whole task? So as you guys, I said earlier, I watched all of Parasite. And I had heard high praises. I read comments they're like this is so great i'm glad i'm rewatching this and i watched it and i'm like i it kept me watching all the way through but it was not good the entire way um and i think the deaths are actually a large part and the contrast of the good and the bad of the show and i'll start with kana <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kana is a character that is a human that can sense parasites. So real quick, what's parasite about? Like the, uh, the two-sentence summary. Parasites come to Earth, uh, take over people's brains, and they eat other people. Um, they're super human. Main character gets it, but he stops it before it gets into his arm, so then just his right arm is a parasite. Um, and it's like a horror. It's almost like a. It's not a horror. It's just a su- suspense thriller, but it has some pretty like dark notes. So it would almost classify as like a psychological like thriller. I would say. Yeah, psychological would be like real key because yeah. <laughs> there, there's like no real metaphor. He's directly dealing with this thing as personally as he can. <laughs> yep. Uh. Anyways, so Kana is a human. They can sense parasites, and uh, <clears throat> she, but she initially takes it as she can sense the main character and is falls in love with him as he progresses. That's not how she initially takes it. That's how she is. She's like, oh, yeah, I can sense Shinichi the whole time. Yeah. <clears throat> and so uh, she ends up getting involved and kind of like always following her instincts of following that she can sense something, and so it gets her in trouble. Obviously, even though the main character t- tells her many times not to do it, <clears throat> and uh, she ends up finding out about the parasites and ends up dying immediately after. She doesn't really like. She has a boyfriend too, right? No, they they're just kind of they kind of hang out okay. at first, and then but she got they, Maze Hughes. She got Maze Hughes. Yeah. But my thing is that it. She, there are a few, there are many deaths that the main character attributes to his fault of inaction or not, um, 
not taking yeah just inaction sure. um in very 90s I, fashion he's a very self-blaming kind of pitiable exactly. character exactly but her she had so i feel like they gave her so much potential she had a lot of screen time i feel like and it didn't go anywhere besides her just dying she didn't do anything to really gain the main character's trust really other than knowing about the parasites somewhat um and i just felt like it really fell flat and i was like well that's that i mean it did drive him i guess but it was just sort of like oh she's one of the deaths that really impacted me what do you guys think i so i don't remember the plot super well because it's been a really long time but i do remember that like sequence between like so the point where she's like oh, i sent him and then she like starts running and looking for him and he him realizing that she's doing that and that she's not looking for him all in kind of real time and the way they put that death sequence together i remember thinking it was really well done um and i did like her as a character i agree i thought she had a lot of potential that they could, didn't really use um so I'm, I'm i'm with you on that for the most part but it when I watched it, the way it hit me made it so impactful that I'm like, eh, like they did a good job, I guess. It's, I like I watched it when it was current, and it almost seemed like. I also agree with the kind of the miss potential thing because I feel like. They just didn't know what more they wanted to do with her, <laughs> so she was killed right away once she found out. And another part of that death that made it really tough is that she's like she's this kind of obsessive girl right so she is convinced that it's like i can sense this one boy and we're meant to be together and she like runs to him comes around this corner into this dark room and it's this fucking gruesome looking parasite like when they revert from their human form to their parasite form it's it's gross like they have like teeth and they spray out into like a six-limbed thing it's disgusting and she's like oh shinichi and she turns the corner and it's like oh, that guy's eating a human. I shouldn't be here. And that's when her, like, and then she dies. And it's like, oh, that hurt. It, it's a horror movie death. Yeah. Straight exactly. up. So it, it was emotional for me. Uh, and it, like, acted as a main character mover in a small way. Um, was it think, emotional or just impactful? So it wasn't emotional. You're right. <laughs> exactly but it was emotional because he wasn't emotional so it was like all right shit i'm losing this you know human side of me why can't i even feel anything for this girl that you know he felt really cared about him he was like oh i'm so sorry he, you know he was he had a connection with her in a way so it was it helped him move forward in that that other way of oh shit i'm really losing myself like where are we gonna go from here so it, it kept the suspense going when i was watching it it was like oh is he gonna lose himself or is he gonna kind of end up being more human or is Miki going to take over his whole body or you know who knows what's going to yeah, happen you were concerned for the main character because someone he was concerned about right something bad happened to them so i understood I it from that point of like okay it's getting me to like see these things from the main character's side but i i'm not going to disagree that like the series has its ups and downs i think i was also maybe a little bit bitter because the uh other love interest is so bland and I just don't understand why. It's just like Kana should have been the one. You know? My ship sunk. <laughs> My ship sunk. Well, I knew they weren't gonna end up together, but it was just kind of like, come on, 
it, I, I just didn't agree. The, with the uh, the whole show, I felt like it had good moments, but the things connecting those moments were shitty. And saying this in defense of Parasite is Colin watched this, like, what, 20 years after release? Something like that? <laughs> oh, like, he, okay. He's super late to the party, and he heard a lot of good things, like, it's positive like... things about the series, and he did not feel those, so I get it. <laughs> it's only, like, six years old, dude. Oh, really? It feels old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, the manga's old. The manga's from the 90s. This came out during our freshman year yeah, of college. But the manga is from the 90s. Anyway, the second, the second death that I want to talk about that I think was very impactful was uh, the mom. Mother. Mother. <laughs> Mother, yeah. Whatever she so, was. the main character's uh, parents go out for a vacation and lo and behold, of course, a parasite attacks them on vacation and takes a hold of the mom. Uh, and so the main character has to try to protect his dad from the mom. Um, but ultimately, what's the most important is the scene where he goes back home and the mom shows back up at home looking to kill the dad because he saw that the mom turned into a parasite. And so it's sort of this battle of the main character having a mental breakdown, not wanting to kill his mom and his right hand being like, uh, we need to act. And sort of him having that. It, it's, you know, you can see it's going to happen. He has to, in order for this story to, I think, happen, it has to happen to him that someone close to him turns into a parasite. That I feel it, it just felt like that has to happen. Um, and even though it is something that you think you can see coming, it still is very impactful um, and ends up really creating the character that you know at the end. Well, like you feel with him in that moment, like you can like if you were put in his shoes, you'd probably feel like the same thing. Like that's such a bad situation to be in. Um, <laughs> do, do you but further one? further in this in the story? Because I, I know it, I definitely know it better than you guys at this point because I watched it so recently. It's way more fresh. There, he. This is this is at the turning point where he starts to say, "Hey, I don't feel. I don't know if I'm human. Like I don't feel emotions." And then he runs into a fortune teller, and she's like, "I sense a, a hole in your heart, and you need to face the one that made it." And he. He weirdly, this is kind of weird, but he, he's just like, I killed her. <laughs> it was, I don't know. It was kind of weird. But, <laughs> but then later, he uh, there's a uh, woman parasite that has a child that um, he's been in contact with for the throughout the series that um, parasites are, are seen as not having emotions, but she uh, draws an emotion to protecting this baby which no other parasites have had children. So it's like a first. Um, and so then he sees the mother within her and that she's actually trying to protect this baby. And it sort of like reflects on him and his mom and sort of brings him uh, to peace uh, so that he actually starts crying again, which was a big thing. He was like, I can't cry. And you sort of learn that, oh, he is human. He's part parasite. But he still has those emotions. He's not totally lost at this point. 
It's just the traumatic events that happened to him uh, just really affected him that much, and they did a great job at showing that. God, how many episodes are between Kana's and then that episode, then? Uh, like, how long does it take him to go from, I can't feel anything, to, I can feel things again? <laughs> it's, I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a few episodes. Okay. Uh, I'll, last thing I'll say about Kana's death is the like the sequencing again. Shouts out to the best ending theme song of all time. It's the right time by Daichi Mura because the way they like timed it in that scene where he like punches the boyfriend or whatever, it, it was also yeah. good. So go watch um, that on YouTube if nothing else. My last grievance <laughs> is that in that scene where they're killing the parasite that's protecting her child while they're sh- just sh- right, like shooting at her from all angles, um, is that she's, it's sort of implied that she's like, I want you to just take care of this baby. And then uh, after the events transpire and they try to like talk to him to be like, oh, so like, why were you there? Like, you keep ending up at these spots that thing parasites are showing up. And then he's like, so what's going to happen to the baby? It's like, oh, it's going to take it to a foster home unless you have something, some connection to the baby. And he's like, oh, no, because <laughs> he doesn't want to get caught. And yeah. so then the baby just never comes back up. And it's just like, oh, OK, <laughs> just wait for like a future series where like everyone's like dying and you wonder who's the cause. It's this grown up baby. Uh... Parasite. All right. <laughs> next. Next. Uh... <clears throat> I, I want I want to do one that I think Tyler will have a lot of thoughts on. Yeah, I want to think about one this one. Okay, I think we all have pretty similar thoughts on this too. So, yeah, I'd let Tyler go. <laughs> let go. Um, well, the big the big spoil spoil. Uh, which we're all going to talk about. This is the one. It's Ace. Ace, Luffy's brother, uh, head of the second Whitebeard pirate fleet. Uh, there's basically two arcs dedicated just to getting him out of prison and saving his life from execution. And right at the end, he dies right he dies right in Luffy's arms as they're so close to the finish. And that's horrible for Luffy and horrible for the Whitebeard Pirates. But I don't care about Ace at all. <laughs> <laughs> so on a scale of 1 to 10, how emotional were you in that scene? Not just for Ace, but in general, like the I whole was, scene. I was at like a seven or eight, but not because of Ace. It's because I care about Luffy. I cared so much for Luffy. It was like when you're talking about uh, Kana. Um, I didn't care that Ace was. I didn't really care about Ace as a character. I cared that Luffy's brother just died right there, right in front of him. I cared that Luffy was so far away from all his friends, who later just saw newspaper foot like news clippings about oh my god my captain my friend he's alone dealing with this shit we can't get to him to help him like that's the kind of shit that got me um i know we had like a long flashback right before ace kicked the bucket (laughs) but all that really that didn't really make me relate to ace so much as i believed in their brotherly bond i guess like even though they weren't uh, biological brothers they were brothers um which is all the harder for luffy to deal with when he got taken out they weren't biological brothers right they were they weren't no yeah. 
what do you think about the uh, flashback then to what them I, as kids? Oh, do I think about it? Um, I honestly wish if we were going to have like Ace development, it would have been before, right when he's dying. So I would have cared about him beforehand. Does that Fair. make sense? Because at this point, like at that point, it was like, why are you showing me this now? You mean him burning an entire Baroque Works fleet wasn't enough character development for you? Not really. <laughs> on his little dinghy that he apparently travels the sea on? I basically knew Ace as Luffy's cool, I guess, brother who works for this powerful pirate named Whitebeard who has his name misspelled on his arm. <laughs> uh, uh, so since I'm not as far, how do you think that does that still impact the series i was gonna say so you talk large. about a death that moves the series along though and i mean not just when he actually dies but from the initial prospect of ace is going to be executed all the way through the end of that arc i mean it is holy shit it is a good arc like oh it it is a very well done arc it's a very well done death uh i would just I, if i was nitpick i guess i'd just say i don't care about ace I think but that's a general theory so strongly. Like you, you kind of hear in the general like One Piece community, it's like, oh, Ace was really cool, but like, eh. When he died, it was like I was sad, but I felt for Luffy. Like Luffy's the guy, right? So Luffy's the I guy. Could, but yeah, so his his death moved the story. It's not like it's still super impactful, but because of the way that they do it, so obviously major spoilers because Blackbeard is the one that caught him, right? Yeah, so Blackbeard caught him, and Blackbeard is still a part of this story, so it, it keeps him relevant, and it makes a personal connection between Luffy and Blackbeard, which is kind of shaping up to be this. It's looking like it's going to be, you know, one of the main bads or the main bad kind of towards the end. Is how it's is how they portrayed him, I guess, is my understanding. Yeah, so it's it's definitely like an impactful story, moving death that they did really well. But I agree, I didn't really care about like the character who died himself. I was like, uh, he was yeah, cool. Ace. Ace's pursuit of Blackbeard always raised the question of who was who was the guy who dared defy Whitebeard? Like why? Like what is this right. figure? And then when Ace finally finds him and then gets bodied by him and captured, then it's like oh shit. So really, what why he is... did was you know he set up Ace as this really strong character in this really strong crew, and then he knocked him off for Blackbeard. And he's like, well, here's the bad. Like get ready to deal mm -hmm. with this guy eventually. And it was like okay, so they set him up like well, and they made him look strong and. Yeah, because like, like it worked. Because like the world government and like the the navy, I guess like they're not really staged as villains. Because to the general people, they're the good guys. We we they they kind of do some fucked up things, but for the most part, Blackbeard is the only one who's really shown himself and kind of like I'm the villain, at least in Luffy's eyes, right? Oh yeah, and it's coming, baby. <laughs> Manga readers know it's coming. There's gonna be a bad reveal that's coming soon too, and I don't know who the fuck it is, but. <laughs> I'm excited for it. Fucking little prick sitting on a crown. Who does he think he is? But Colin, what do you think of my ace thoughts? Uh, I agree. I don't know. I, <laughs> I yeah, I thought the the arc was great. The um, but ace, I don't know. There wasn't much because like even you know obviously when he was uh, in the story, he was sort of just passing through. Mm -hmm. uh, while well, he did stick with them uh, for like a good amount of time it was just kind of like oh, okay like whatever bye <laughs> I don't know it's not like he was going to join the crew or anything I don't know 
emotionally he didn't have that much of uh an impact on me as a watcher but uh the impact that he had to luffy made that a good scene it was also this series that literally nobody had died like I don't. Yeah. Had anybody died up to that yeah. point? I don't think there'd have been a single actual death. Like no, ma- Mr. no gets left many... behind, and you're like, oh, he's dead. And honestly, holy shit, that was sadder for me than Ace's death when they left Two Bonk. Right. I was like, oh, that's my guy. Like, oh no. So in the series, that oh, haven't yeah. killed anybody yet, and then they killed Ace. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, he's actually gone. Like this is real. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I would say Bon Clay. Up top, Whitebeard, and then Ace. Oh yeah, that that's a good point. I was gonna talk about that because of Ace, and this is this goes to show because we didn't mention Bon Clay right away either. But people don't really talk about how Whitebeard died, and basically, uh, if you're paying attention during that arc, there's so much setup for why this shouldn't this war shouldn't happen, and how Whitebeard can't die. Jinbei's introduction as a character is like, why would a seven warlord of the sea like turn himself in? Why wouldn't he just fight Whitebeard's army? And he's like, if Whitebeard goes down, the like half the Grand Line is messed up. He protects so many islands from bad pirates. And if you guys take Ace, then all hell is gonna break loose. And I cannot let that happen. Um and then when Whitebeard does go down, he doesn't have a single scratch on his back. And it's incredibly badass. Yeah, that that's why, oh god, his death was so much more impactful. Him all through the pieces. head. It's still going after that. Yeah. And we god. all saw whose grave was bigger when they put the graves up at Marie's house. So <laughs> we know who the real, you know, devastating death was. Oh yeah, Ace was Gold Roger's kid. Whatever. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Ace didn't care. That's so, something I give this character. Emotional death. Overall, well done. We didn't really care about the character, but we all agree it was awesome and a good death. The tool of, of Luffy's brother moved the story very well. Well handled. It's funny that we like so many series that like start out with death too. Like it's such a such a good starter point for like these devastating like Attack on Titan. And like Demon Slayer, how you get these just gruesome sequences where all the people they care about die. It's like, wow, this is a great way. And it's so fun to start like adventure animes that way, even though it's really it, dark. And it's about well, setting stakes, just, right? So that's why death is so important in like the anime world. At a tone setting, like sometimes, like sometimes it's used to, to transition to, oh, this is actually what the anime is like. Like in Promise Neverland, you meet Connie. Um, and it's a really happy, sweet anime until the end of the first episode. And you re- realize what kind of type of anime it is then. Or when you get to the third episode of Madoka Magica. <laughs> and you realize what kind of anime it is. Yep. So let's talk about this uh, 50-50 concept then. That we've kind of come up with in anime watching. Where you get these... So you get the death flag, right? And it's if it's a main character... You have about a 50-50 chance of whether they make it or not at the end. So, Especially if it's established really early on. Right. So some characters that come to me off the top of my head. So you're Lion April, even though I haven't watched it because I'm a blasphemer. But that, I mean, there's a 50-50 concept there, right? Yeah. Um. When when you see the main girl, I'm looking up her name because I forgot. Like a fool. From um. 
yeah, you see, like, basically, you see this mysterious girl who's all bubbly and happy, but you also see a lot of, like, shots of, like, oh, she's got a purse that's open, and those are pill bottles in there. Well, that's a bad sign. Or at least if you're, I guess, a veteran at anime, you're like, oh, that's a bad sign. That means already early on, I kind of have a 50-50 of, well, does that mean she's going to die of an illness? Or is that literally just a random pill bottle? <laughs> right. And it's it's fun when they come up. So Aces was really a 50-50 thing too, right? As they set up this concept and it's like, all right, so this is the stakes. He's going to be saved or not. And it it's it just works so well to like, all right, we're going to set these two sides at odds and just use the story this way and make everything really exciting for however many episodes around this death. So I didn't even think Ace mm-hmm. would die until he did. Because yeah. you're right. It, one, no one died in one piece. Right. So no the, one the died 50, in one piece. 50, I love I love that concept. Like Menma from Anohana, kind of the same thing. It's like, well, she starts out this way, right? She has to disappear. And it's like, maybe, maybe not. You'll kind of see it at <laughs> the end. Maybe she'll come back to life somehow. Yeah, it's fun. Honestly, I he didn't die, obviously, but I did really like the scene where um Luffy like early on, Luffy's on top of where uh Gold Roger was being executed and he was like, Sorry guys, I died. Yep. Like he actually thought he was gonna die and <laughs> the like they town. really yeah. they really sent that message that you're like, Oh, he actually thinks he's gonna die. The he's like not regretful or anything. Yeah, the, the, he smiled. The smoker reaction to that, he smiled. I've never seen anyone else do that except for foreshadowing the Pirate King. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the One Piece death. I don't really have another one from One Piece that mattered at all. Zoro can never die. Yeah. Another series that uses <laughs> death as a mechanism to start everything. Gold Roger dying and setting everybody on this path. So that's that's cool. And shout out to One Piece for not telling us literally anything about that man for 600 plus chapters so long <laughs> uh all right anyway uh let's let's start heading towards a wrap up you guys have any other honorable mention deaths that you'd like to talk about i've got a few so how will you start off all prepared? right um i'm gonna lead with a series that has a lot of mixed reviews but obviously has a lot of death is akame got kill so yep. the the manga is what how I consumed it, and then I also watched the anime afterwards. But in the manga, when they so they get this whole series set up, and it's like, all right, so we're gonna go war to war with the evil empire, and these are our people. It's like, all right, squad, and then you have like all these cool people in Chelsea, Mine, Lubo, Tatsumi, Nagenda, like all the commander people, right? Set up all these cool characters, and then like three chapters later it's like all right so his squad commander is in a fight and she's really strong so she'll be fine oh she just lost an arm and now she's bleeding from her mouth but maybe she'll still be fine and then it cuts away from that and then you just have her head on a sword like a popsicle stick and the main character comes to find her and it is and he's like pretty soft still because he hasn't been hardened by this whole death heavy world and all these concepts so it, it was hard i was like damn Hers and Lubo's deaths in that series hurt. Uh, Lubo hurt is a great way to describe Lubo's death. <laughs> oh my god. So those are two of my honorable mentions. Lubo's is obviously, he's a guy in love, and he just wants to tell this girl that he loves her, but he doesn't get a chance because he gets killed. And he, he gets killed due to torture because he doesn't betray his friends, basically. Yeah. So he gets brutally, brutally, brutally killed, at least in the manga. 
Yeah. So that's that's one honorable mention for me. Um, the Lancer death in Fate Zero. It's not really a death because fate, but he's like he gets betrayed by these people, and he's been this like really suave, cool character all the way through up to this point. He's been like, oh, let's like have an honorable duel, and you know, it's this battle royale where everyone's just trying to win by any means. But he's like, no, I want to have this honorable fight, and like he's really cool. The animation's really well done. He has this backstory of being a legendary spear wielder. And then he gets betrayed and, like, stabbed by his own spear. And he gets just vengeful and immediately turns a 180 and is just dark-eyed and screaming at everybody, telling him he's going to murder them. And it's it's awesome. It was really fun to watch just for the first time when I was watching the Fate series. He's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the Fate Zero series? Yes. I like the Lancer and Stay, too. They're both, like, really tight. So. Yeah, both. Yeah, I think both. But yeah, Lancer the Fate Zero Lancer was my bodied. Yeah, Lancers just take it, but... Uh, and then another one from Fate, this is Fate's Stay, Unlimited Blade Works, is Ilya's death, the little homunculi girl. Yep. So she has Heracles, the Berserker is her servant, and he gets beat by Gilgamesh, and it's a it's a really fun fight to watch also, because Fate, again, and Ufo Table, shouts out. But... Yeah, so then he beats her servant and then, like, ties her up and then, like, cuts out her eyes before removing the grail from, like, her body or whatever. How, whatever the, you know, convoluted concept of the grail was for that series. Yeah. That specific one. Yeah, she's like an eight-year-old girl and this ancient king cuts out her eyes and, like, takes out the core of her body. It was it was brutal. I mean, Gilgamesh does not mess around. He's a winner. Yeah. <laughs> Last one I have, obviously there's a ton in like Naruto and Hunter that I could talk about, but the last one I'm going to say is the Steins Gate death complex, I'm going to call it. So there's this, Steins Gate opens really slow and introduces all these characters and does a really good job of it actually, so if you get through those first eight or nine episodes, that's why the series is so amazing. Um, so spoiler alert if you guys haven't watched Steins Gate yet. Um but there's like episode eight or nine, he gets hit in this like time paradox where this girl that he's best friends with and has known for his entire life is just constantly dying in front of his eyes. And it's at the same time, like every day. And he keeps trying to go back in time and change the past to make it so that she doesn't die. And he eventually does this like so many times that he grows numb to the concept of her dying. And he's like just watching it happen and then taking in that information as to how he can use it towards his next like simulation of trying to prevent her death so it's really dark in the concept of like you the way you can get numb to the things you're feeling and like the way you have to protect yourself if you're having to watch this over and over so it was a really interesting like it impacts him through the rest of the series he's like i've watched her die like hundreds of thousands of times and it's it weighs on him through the whole series and it gets a little annoying at points but it makes sense too so special mention because mayuri's death was it was rough it's like an hour worth of just watching her get shot and murdered. Uh, Quantifying like that, that's that's messed up to think about. An hour worth of one character dying. Yeah, no, it's not quite that <laughs> intense. It's like a good 20-minute episode of actually just her dying over and over in different ways, though. And him, like, having to watch it. It's, it's brutal. It was a tough episode to watch. As you watch him lose light in his eyes. Loses anime people. Some other series that we should probably mention that we haven't watched: uh, Death Parade, beautiful animation. Death is the whole concept of each episode. I think they're insular; they they take place in their own episodes. 
but that sh- we should probably watch that at some point. And then another is like a brutal horror anime where all the students in the school are just like living in Final Destination and they just keep dying in brutal ways. Um, like this one girl impales herself on an umbrella from the top of a staircase. It's it's horrible. I just saw some clips from it when I was like preparing for this, and I was like, I am never watching this series. It's so <laughs> brutal looking. I'm proud of you giving the shout out rather than doing the first hand research. Yeah, so, like, well, this looks like time. something that someone who really enjoys brutal deaths could watch. So go watch I, another I, and ReZero. ReZero is a good one to shout out too. The same concept as Science Gate. Um, some I wanted some honorable mentions. I want to say you mentioned Nardo. Uh, just Jiraiya's death. Um, so sad. <laughs> like, but, but before talking about, like, before the pre-palliative episode, I was like, yeah, that's the first, like, real death in Ardo. It's like, oh, I know, there's Sabaza, Haku, uh, Saratobi. Yeah. Uh, we were talking, I was like, you uh, care Asuma. about Sabuza's death? And you were like, oh, uh, wait, he does die. <laughs> he does die. It was so long ago. Because stupid Shin Megami Tensei, or no, that's not what it's called. What's that? Reanimation jutsu. That's uh, the, that's it's the close. That's like uh, yeah. <laughs> Oops. Um, play those like Eden Tensai or something. Yes, Eden Tensai like or something like that. Yeah, whatever stupid jutsu that just brings everyone back. It's like, well, <sighs> I just don't like that. <laughs> Ever. I mean, it it was cool that it was a really credible army rather than just some ads like yeah. some non consequential like skeleton men or something. Yeah, I like that, and I don't as a concept. It's like, uh, you just like did it for free. What's the? Where's the cost? Where's the payment? Where's the equivalent exchange? Uh, I wanted to shout out Katana Katari because that's a series I really love, and the characters can't really meet their final resolution as characters without death. Um, but I'm not going to spoil it because I just want everyone to experience that. Uh, I wanted to say Gurren Lagan because. Six or seven episodes in, you realize the main character, who you thought was the main character, was the main character. And the rest of the story is how of how Simone becomes his own person and is not like held up to the standards of uh the his brother. Which was a good death. And then near the end, if everyone who's watched Gurren Lagann has seen it, there is a death that doesn't need to happen. The, the series probably shouldn't end like that. <laughs> My special shout-outs, uh, Hunter x Hunter. Uh, I'd say the two deaths that are, like, I think the most impactful, I'd say Kite, because his body is being paraded around as a puppet, and that's just, like, fuck's going up, and he's just so pissed, and I just like that unfiltered rage you can feel from him. Um, Dude, Kite, Kite's death fueling Gon for, like, the last, like, 50 episodes? That God, Gon just changes as a character because of Kite's death. Mm-hmm. Completely. And then, uh, Netero, um, mm-hmm. his death, it's so it's not a death that's like super like impactful, but I think it's a great um anime fight death. Like I think it's a it was a great way to go out on a fight to make him like oh like he was badass. Mm-hmm. Like the he it wasn't a, 
yeah, you were in it, it like, oh my god, I'm so sad that he's dead. But you're like, yeah, he's a G. Yep. <laughs> this is one of those where they did the backstory, like, so in contrast to like the Ace one, they like immediately put him into this fight, and then they were like, all right, here, backstory, and it was like, oh, that backstory was tight. Like he's he's hard. Like he's a badass. <laughs> Well, the the backstory was like halfway through the fight because you were seeing like him do all these moves. It's like wow, like the you, as we know it at that point, those were the two most powerful beings on the planet, basically right. fighting. So you're like, if he loses, the isn't the world just messed up? Like they can't bounce back from how powerful the enemy is. Yeah. And so halfway through the fight, they're like, oh, he's out of cards. And it's like, if we hear this backstory showing you that uh, he has more cards in his deck. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's badass. Mm-hmm. And that face that he his makes. death is also super impactful in the manga. Oh yeah, like he leaves a gap. Obviously, he's the chairman of this association, so it's it's interesting-ish. It's kind of lame at parts, but it's impactful. I mean, it, it sends waves through the yeah. world, which yeah. is the important part. Yeah. It, but like, if you watched uh, Hunter X Hunter, um, you should at least read a little bit because there's a, a fight between Hisoka and Krolo that is definitely worth reading that I don't even know if we'll ever get animated, so probably might as well just read it. <laughs> there is also this movie, this Hunter x Hunter movie, unrelated, it's like, I don't think it's even canon, but uh, they fight like this vampire organization and Netero gets in a fight in that too and he fights like the head of their org. It's tight. Like, worth a watch if you just love watching him fight under x hunters like combat animations i do like watching him fight yeah, it's good <laughs> and then final fi- my final mention is gonna be ash ketchum <laughs> pokemon the movie brother, my brother. so sad talk about it man so what happens I don't even remember. I just remember him dying. Oh and like, all the Pokemon are yeah. You don't even I'm remember crying. You put it on your list. Alright, we'll talk about it then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Mew there's, Mewtwo. Obviously, they've set up these stakes where Mewtwo is the bad guy, and he's fighting Mew. Now, Mew has appeared. Oh, yeah, he punches <laughs> Mew has appeared and is fighting alongside Ash and all the original Pokemon against these clones. He tries to punch a Pokemon. <laughs> and, uh, and Mew and Mewtwo are clashing. And Ash decides that, hey, I'm going to run into the middle of these two hyper beams colliding and yeah, just like, try to stop the fight. <laughs> and so he gets hit by these two legendary Pokemon's attacks and gets turned to stone somehow. And then all the Pokemon are like, oh my god, why were we fighting? And they cry him to life. <laughs> literally. Pikachu hey, literally cries him to life. You want to talk about another uh, Ash death, which was really memed for a while. They had that uh, Pokemon I Choose You movie where it's kind of like a reboot of the series. It was kind of like a reboot of the series. And Ash is like pursuing Ho-Oh. And near the end of it, Ash legitimately dies and Pikachu starts talking to him. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, I do and I (laughs) don't because I didn't watch it. But I remember seeing the watch it. Oh my god. Pikachu starts talking and you're just like, I think I need to turn this off now. (laughs) The last 10 minutes of the movie, it's like, oh, this should never happen again. Uh, Shouldn't have happened in the first place. (laughs) Uh, We got to mention Itachi for anime deaths. Got to give him an honorable shout out. 
and Asuna. Asuna, Asuma. Or Asuma, sorry. Asuna is good too. She does technically die for like a half Asuma. second. Well, Best girl, it, was, it was especially impactful for me because I would play him in the Naruto fighting game. Yeah, he was your guy. He was my favorite character and I beat Joey so many times. <laughs> Dude, Shikamaru grew. Shikamaru became an adult after that arc. Mm-hmm. He was like a step above all his colleagues already. And then he was like, yeah, I'm a. Like, this is who you'll know me as because. I, for the most part, my character growth is basically complete. And he gets his revenge, so awesome. Love Avenge arc. Lo- love but, a Vengeance arc. Yeah. Anything and then, that and goes then, you dark know, and, yeah, gritty. I love it. And then he has his second father figure being his actual father. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. I forgot about that. Damn. <laughs> yeah, Shikamaru yeah, him, takes it, dude. Yeah, dude. Him him, and uh, Eno's dad, they get nuked, basically, by yeah, Madara. It's like, that. oh, you guys have communications? All right, well, my last question for you guys then is super broad, and it is what hits you harder when an unexpected death occurs or when, like, a character gets flagged for death and you can see it coming and then you have to deal with this, like, drawn-out emotional death? What hits you harder? I mean, this is in regard to any series, right? Because it made me think of, like, Game of Thrones talking about, like, deaths and stuff. I was like, ah, I wonder which ones, like, impact these guys more. I would say, depending on the length of the series or when the event happens, um, the further in a series you are, and it's a sudden death, that's like, that's probably more impactful. I agree. Because when you've learned who the character is, yeah. So if you were to put both the scenarios, a sudden death or like a foreseen death at a later end of a series, then the sudden death would still be even though you have equal amount of time to get to know the characters, the sun death would be worse because you're like, oh, I did not come to terms with this at all. Right. I had hope. It's gone all of a sudden. What? Right. So there's like the, like the spoiler alert code yes, the like Shirley death that hits really hard because you're like, oh shit, I didn't really see that coming. Like, why was she there? Versus like the your line April death where it's flagged from like episode eight or whatever. So you think the Shirley one, even though even if you had more emotional connection to the the other character that's been built, you think the Shirley one would hit you harder, or is it really dependent? I think the Shirley one would hit me harder. The Shirley one did hit me harder because I saw the flag and I'm like, you know what? I'm taking the I'm taking that side of the fifty fifty, and I'm like, I was right. Yeah, like the Maze Hughes <laughs> one too. That's like an unexpected one, right? You're like, uh oh. Yeah, you Uh-oh. love Maze Hughes. It's like, Uh-oh. oh no, he's like in a really bad situation. Oh, he's in a really bad situation. Oh no. Right. I will say though, like the Menma at the end of Anohana is like, a... <laughs> like just dealing with it after you've been with this character for eleven episodes, and you're like, ah, I don't know what's gonna happen at the end, and you have to deal with the conclusion. It's a lot. It's it's like you've had all this investment. And then it, to, it just ends. To in be one fair way or to the other, it just ends. To be fair to Anohana, in a series that's like quite literally dealing about death, it would be really bad if it was less emotional or less or more or less sudden than For what sure. it was. For sure. That was a very delicately timed anime that nailed it. Mm-hmm. Alright. Well, that's all I got. You guys got anything else? Yeah, that was uh I think that was a good topic. Uh, I think we covered all that we we could that we wanted to mm-hmm. that would be good to talk about. 
we can always dive deeper, but I mean, yeah, we were just going to talk about series where death doesn't matter, like DBZ and fairy tale, but that's all pretty obvious. You guys know that you're storied anime watchers, so I'm good. Me too. And I didn't know if you talked about this before, but we're, we're thinking on, we're, well, we're going to do an, a music episode, but there's a lot that goes into that kind of like researching, like looking back on ones that we maybe forgot and compiling a list of things so we know what we're talking about. Yeah, more than than just animes and endings, more than just animes that are literally about music, like, oh, these characters are in a band, so that's music. It's like, no, just OSTs, environmental music, all those things are going to be in consideration. So look forward to that. That's going to be a Tyler and Colin heavy episode because my artistic bones are trash. But we've got that coming. We're going to do a summer 2020 preview at some point. We're going to talk about main character syndrome. We've got all sorts of topics we want to do. We'll do some series deep dives and really get in depth on some of the more popular series, maybe. So look forward to that. But uh, yeah, I'm done. I'm good. Yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for watching. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at KoiKoiCast. We'll uh, post some of Colin and Tyler's art there maybe one day. (laughs) Uh, We'll post our episodes there. So yeah, give us a follow. Uh, Thanks for listening. Yeah, we'll hopefully see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.